Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for June 17, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday afternoons, wherever you may be, man. Smackdown 
Obviously, I wasn't live last night. Obviously, I wasn't live last night. And SmackDown, I watched when I got home from the great House of Glory show, which I'll be talking about in a little bit. I want to go over what happened on that show because we have two major announcements regarding House of Glory. But I was at Hog last night. I did not cover SmackDown Live. And I was trying to keep up during the show on what was going on on Friday night. And clearly nothing happened. Nothing happened outside of the last, I would say, 10 minutes of the show with the bloodline and Jey Uso finally making his decision. But other than that, WWE is in their typical pay-per-view lull two weeks before the pay-per-view because they basically have everything laid out for money in the bank. They tend to get lazy. And this is a natural occurrence. This is a regular thing for WWE. They got the card laid out. They got their plans going into their pay-per-view for the month. And then two weeks left to go, a week left to go. They don't really put much effort into these shows. And they give you the most half-assed and lazy creative that you could possibly ask for. But the big thing that everybody's talking about is the dramatic ending to SmackDown with Jey Uso finally making his decision and joining Jimmy, leaving the bloodline, and a civil war is about to take place at Money in the Bank. I do believe, if not announced, it will be announced. It may already be announced. I'm not really sure. It will be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus Jimmy and Jey Uso at Money in the Bank. Now, there'll be one side of the fan base that loves this because they love the rich engaging story that is going on with the bloodline. Then, then then, there's the other side of people who can't stand Roman Reigns holding these championships, not defending the Universal Championship. So I get why those people are upset. And this is why I've been stating that whatever's happening with Roman Reigns doesn't necessarily need the World Heavyweight Championship. But in the end, it probably will need the World Heavyweight Championship because Roman's going to eventually lose those championships because of everybody on his island, abandoning him and leaving him all by himself. I think it was pretty pretty solid as where this was going. I think everybody kind of had an inkling of where this was going. Jay was always going to leave the bloodline. They were never going to leave Jimmy by himself. The Usos are better together than they are alone. And Jay Uso with a great promo last night, a great face-to-face with his brother, Basically pulled a swerve over everybody as he was just roasting his brother last night and telling him exactly how he felt. And then at the end of it all, decided to stick by his brother, stick by his blood, and turned on Roman Reigns with the super kick heard round the entire wrestling community. I thought the end of SmackDown was tremendous. Like it usually is. I I sound like a broken record. A lot of podcasters sound like, Broken records when Roman Reigns and the rest of the bloodline is out there and they close the show with a very dramatic ending. It's always great. It's always great. Roman is fantastic. No matter how you think about Roman, Roman is great. The acting, the body language, the just multi-layered character that he's developed into, his in-ring work, whether you agree with his title reigns and and the longevity of it or not, I don't really give a shit. Roman Reigns is fucking tremendous and has become absolutely one of the greatest ever. 
Jimmy and Jay Uso, where they have come from, from not even the bloodline, the beginning stages of the bloodline, dating all the way back to when they first appeared on WWE television, the rise, the popularity, and the growth of the Usos is also a tremendous story to really go back and document. Jimmy and Jay Uso, man, they are two guys. And I usually say this every time they're in the ring together. Every time that they're in the ring together and they have a microphone in their hand, they are the type of promo where you stop, drop everything you're doing, and listen to what they have to say. They have matured into two performers who absolutely command every second of your attention. And I appreciate that so much, man. It is, an, it is a very difficult and incredibly difficult trait to find in the entire pro wrestling world. There's only a handful of people that you stop and drop what you're doing to listen to. The Usos are two of them. MJF, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Edge, guys like that. Chris Jericho, you know, the, the list is very small. Sting, guys like that who just command your attention. You stop. And listen to every word that they have to say. The Usos have become absolute top-tier A-level performers in the WWE. The outcome was pretty predictable. But we don't really know which direction the WWE is going to go in with this bloodline story. I see the majority of fans on social media, if you Google Jay Uso or if you tweet about Jay Uso and you search Jay Uso on on Twitter, you'll see a lot of people claiming that they want Jay Uso to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. It started with Jay, and it ends with Jay. That's not where the story's going, and nor should it be where the story goes. I don't really understand why there is a small pocket of people out there that think that Jay Uso should be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. Now, if that happens by some miracle. That happens. Jay Uso will not be the universal champion for very long. Not to take anything away from Jay Uso, but I don't see Jay Uso as a singles champion for the universal championship. I don't. And neither do these people. They, they want the story to wrap up because they feel like Jay Uso makes the most sense to end Roman Reigns' universal heavyweight championship title reign. No. That spot is reserved for one of two people. There are only two people in this company that have the right to even come close to ending Roman's title reign. It's Cody Rhodes. Whether you like him or not, it's Cody Rhodes. And Solo Sokoa. That's it. Jimmy and Jay Uso are a tag team. They are a duo. Two for the price of one. They are not individual performers. Jay Uso is only giving off singles universal championship vibes because he had to do it for a full year without Jimmy by his side. That is the only thing that people are thinking about. Oh, Jay can beat him. Jay can do it. Jay can win the universal championship. No. No. Jay was forced into that position as main event Jay Uso because Jimmy was injured. If Jimmy wasn't injured... We wouldn't have main event Jey Uso, and we wouldn't have people talking about Jey Uso winning the Universal Championship. There's only one of two people, Cody Rhodes and Solo Sokoa. Where does this story go? 
We have a civil war happening at Money in the Bank. It will be Jimmy and Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. That in itself is intriguing enough to get us to SummerSlam. What happens at SummerSlam? I don't know. I don't know where WWE goes at SummerSlam. We may see the tag team match at Money in the Bank, and we may see Jimmy versus, we may see Roman versus Jay Uso at SummerSlam again. With Jimmy in Jay's corner and Solo in Roman's corner. I don't know. That's where the next chapter may actually reveal itself as well, because you all know that Solo Sokoa is not going to stand by Roman Reigns for the duration of the bloodline any longer. Now the story revolves around Solo Sokoa. Jimmy and Jay have already made their decision. There's a third Uso in this story. Do you think the third Uso is going to stand by Roman Reigns while he deteriorates and loses everything because of his greediness, because of his power, his power-hungry mentality? No. Solo Sokoa knows that he's going to have to abandon ship one way or another. What's going to drive Solo Sokoa to make that decision for himself That's the next chapter of this story. The Usos will be a trio, and Roman will be on the island all by himself. He will have to handle business all by himself. When we get to WrestleMania, and we get to Cody versus Roman part two, that's where the bloodline ends. That's where Jimmy, that's where Jay, that's where Solo all interject and finally end Roman Reigns for good. The Universal Championship will go to Cody Rhodes, And the WWE Championship will be brought to the forefront as the Universal title is then retired. That's where I see all this going. But the next chapter in this storyline is that Samoan spike to Roman's throat. Whether that happens while he leaves, I don't know. Or they save the spike for WrestleMania and Solo's the one to end the reign of Roman Reigns. But I thought the ending of SmackDown was tremendous. Everybody... Deserves a round of applause. Everybody is fucking great. Paul Heyman was great. Solo, Jimmy, Jay, Roman. Story at its best. I wish WWE actually put this much effort into the rest of the show. They put all their eggs in the bloodline basket and then they abandon and forget that everything else revolving around the bloodline is not that important. They just go on and put how many hours? How many other hours? Four and a half hours of television. Five and a half hours of television. Ridiculous. Ten minutes of the bloodline every week carrying the fucking company. Meanwhile, everything else is just blah. Everything else is just very basic and unexciting. That's what SmackDown was last night. Outside the bloodline, there was really nothing at all that mattered. Seems like WWE is just going through the motions as we get closer to the pay-per-view. We'll get into the rest of the show, but the bloodline obviously is the stuff that carried SmackDown last night to be somewhat watchable, and everybody's excited about the dramatic storytelling that WWE has with this bloodline as we head into Money in the Bank. But I want to thank you guys for joining me on a Saturday afternoon. I know you guys are not used to seeing me on a Saturday afternoon, but when we have these House of Glory shows, I have no choice. It's either that or you get nothing. But let me tell you something, man. I'll be back on Saturday afternoon on August 19th because our next show is August 18th. High intensity. A House of Glory summer tradition on August 18th. And my God, what a card we are looking at. 
for that Friday night, man. We found a new home on Premier Streaming Network. That's the only way to watch House of Glory. They have done a fantastic job as yesterday was our debut show from the NYC Arena as we presented Plata O Plomo. Our debut show on Premier Streaming Network. We are no longer with Fight TV. Matt Cardona retains the House of Glory World Championship. The Indie God retains over Carlito as there are rumors about Carlito being WWE bound very, very shortly. Charles Mason took the coward's way out as he wrestled Vikingo for the Crown Jewel Championship. Match went to a disqualification as Vikingo won, but Charles Mason has another daunting test ahead of him for high intensity. Commissioner Solomonster is bringing in Eddie Kingston to wrestle Charles Mason in a no-holds-barred match at high intensity. Matt Cardona, he's defending the HOG World Championship. Is a little bit of a fucking spoiler for you. Matt Cardona more than likely will be defending the HOG World Championship as House of Glory is bringing in Hiroshi Tanahashi for high intensity. Can you fucking believe that shit? As Solomon, look at this fucking guy, man. Solomon's in the fucking chat, man. Look at this guy. $20 super chat from Jason, man. Enjoying cookies for lunch. Good stuff last night, pal. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. This fucking guy. We got Hiroshi Tanahashi coming to House of Glory, man. If that's not enough for you to go and order the show on August 18th, I don't don't know what we can do for you, honestly. Unbelievable, man. Me and Jason are going to be calling a a, a Tanahashi match. The ace. The ace. I, I I may have to have a word with him, man. He thinks he's the ace. I'm the ace. Anyway, man, that's fucking awesome. House of Glory is hitting its stride, man. I said this to both Brian and Red last night. We are finally hitting our stride. The momentum is there. The crowd last night was probably the best crowd we had all year. The energy was there. The crowd just ate everything up. They're enjoying the stories. They're enjoying the character work. Everything's just working, man. And it all kind of came together because we finally found a home on Premier Streaming Network. So thanks to them and thanks to... uh, Everybody that came out last night, man, it was uh, fucking awesome, really. Just a great show last night. Very excited about what's to come. So if you're not watching Hog, man, really get up on that. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. You guys know the deal there. Turn on the bell for notifications. I'll be live tonight with Jesse for AEW Collision. I don't know... If it's going to be an every week thing, I'll have to figure this out, man. I really I really don't know. I was actually talking to Solomonster about this last night. Him and I are in agreement, man. Saturday Night Wrestling is going to be a very daunting task because summer, we want to enjoy ourselves. We want to go out. We want to have fun. We want to do this and that. And it's going to be crazy to sit here and just dedicate our time, which we give enough of our time during the week because there's just so much pro wrestling during the week, 
for another three hours, four hours on a Saturday night to watch the show and then go live and hang out with you guys. I'm thinking when when Collision is live, I'll cover it. When it's taped, because you know there'll be taped shows. They're not going up against WWE PLEs. They're not. They're not going up against uh, whatever else is going on, uh, a major UFC show or whatnot. They're not going to be live every week. I think Tony Khan even already addressed that. They're not going to be live every week. I think for the tape shows, I don't think we'll be live. So I'm, I'm going to figure it out, but we'll uh, see how it is, especially for the summer. In, in, the, in the fall and the winter, man, clearly I'll be here because I'm, I'm not going out when it's fucking uh, ice cold outside. But at least for this summer, we'll figure things out. But tonight I'll be live. It's too big to miss. CM Punk is going to be back. Samoa Joe and CM Punk are in the ring. Punk's going to cut a promo. Bullet Club, Bullet Club Golds. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a huge night. Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness are on commentary, man. It's not Morrow. As you guys know, I, I, I love that man dearly. But Kevin Kelly, man, I, I'd rank him number two in the world for pro wrestling commentary. Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness, man. Tony Khan made a absolutely fucking clutch decision there. We'll talk about that more on the post show on Saturday night, tonight. And he's got Elton John. Elton John is the official musical artist for the theme of AEW Collision. I quite like it, to be honest with you. I think it's great. So, yes, we'll be live, man. Go check out all the other videos as well. It's been a busy week with the CM Punk drama, bullshit, a bunch of nothing burger. With that ESPN interview that got everybody, everybody angry, bunch of crybabies. Go check all that stuff out all on the homepage if you missed any of that stuff. And get those super chats in, man. We'll hang out at the end of the show. I got my drink. Hopefully you guys got yours. Hit that thumbs up. 1,000 likes is the minimum, always. So hit that thumbs up and support the podcast right here on OTS. Saturday night's all right for fighting, man. I think that's a great choice. It brings back a very nostalgic, old-school Saturday night wrestling main event feel, for sure. I, I, I already envisioned Tony Khan picking that song and marking the fuck out when he bought the rights to that song. It's such a Tony Khan decision, to be honest with you. Anyway, let's get into the SmackDown coverage we got a tag team gauntlet match that opened the show on Saturday night. And I kind of rolled my eyes when this announcement was made last week that there would be a gauntlet match with all of the tag teams on Friday Night SmackDown fighting for an opportunity to wrestle Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the undisputed tag team championships. Now, I don't know when this match is happening. I think they said in two weeks on SmackDown from the O2 Arena. I don't think that this is going to be on the pay-per-view. But you guys know how I feel about Battle Royals. I can't stand them. You guys know how I feel about Lumberjack matches. I can't stand them even more. You guys know how I feel about Gauntlet matches. I think the gimmick is absolutely overdone, and they've run it into the ground. Gauntlet matches, to me, speak to me as creative, has nothing to do. They don't want to think. They don't want to try. They don't want to apply, and that's what they do. Yeah, we'll come up with a Gauntlet match. We'll put all these guys in the ring at the same time and have them wrestle over nothing. The reason why I hated this match so much, this was a complete waste of time, and the reason why I would prefer actual tag team wrestling on these shows with tag teams getting wins, 
because wins should matter. When you have a tag team gauntlet match, you have a team like the Street Profits in there that go two minutes and then they lose, and then in comes the next team. In, in comes the next team, two minutes. In comes the next team, three minutes. In comes the next team, five minutes. And then we get to the final team, which is the only team that matters, and then they go eight minutes. Don't know why you didn't give us that match in the first place. I would have much rathered a match with Pretty Deadly and the Brawling Brutes two-on-two instead of giving us these other teams who were just there to make, who who were just there basically to look like losers and fill TV time. That's all it is. I can't stand gauntlet matches. WWE thinks that they did one successful gauntlet match uh, or two successful gauntlet matches, the one with Seth Rollins and then the one with Kofi Kingston and then, oh yeah, everybody loves gauntlet matches. No. This was a complete waste of my time. I know I'm not the only one. I don't get pretty deadly. I don't get them. I don't know why they're so popular amongst WWE management. I think that they're fucking cringe. I really do. Now, granted, they play the gimmick. They play their role very well. They really do. But I see nothing there that I genuinely want to invest my time in. I don't know if it's just me. I don't. They're great wrestlers. I mean, they could wrestle. They're they're a very comparable tag team. But I, I, I just don't understand them. I don't think the crowd really understands them. I don't think the crowd really cares to understand them, to be honest with you. But WWE management is pushing them. I feel like WWE management's pushing them because everybody's so high on them. And even though the gimmick is not really a gimmick that the fans are going to take to... WWE doesn't want it to fail because they put so much time and effort into pushing pretty deadly. Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. So basically, the Brawling Brutes and the Profits start this thing off. And I didn't really, I didn't really care for this entire field. I thought the Brutes were going to win it right when we when, right when we started, I didn't think Pretty Deadly was going to end up winning it. I would have much rather preferred Sheamus to have a spot going into Money in the Bank weekend than anything. I feel Sheamus, is, Sheamus has got the short end of the stick, to be quite honest with you. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Sheamus and his creative. So the Brutes and the Prophets start things off. Montez faced off against Sheamus. Ford started to chop Sheamus. Sheamus no-sold it. Sheamus landed an Irish curse. He tagged in Ridge Holland. He suplexed Montez. Ford hit an Inziguri, tagged in Angelo Dawkins. He hit a spinning corkscrew elbow on Holland. Sheamus got a blind tag. He hit a bro kick on Dawkins, and that was enough to eliminate the Street Profits at two minutes. Two minutes. So the Street Profits have been reduced to nothing but jobber status. I don't know what's going on with the Street Profits either. Are they turning them heel? I've been saying this for months. Street Profits need a character makeover. Bianca seems to be getting back to that EST black and gold version. That's exactly what I want to see. A Bianca Belair that doesn't take any shit from anybody. I want to see some of that ghetto come out in Bianca Belair. That's what I want to see. She did it in NXT. And I feel like she's just smiling all over the place. And she's this clear-cut baby face who can't do no wrong and is happy to be there. Bianca needs to have some edge to her. And I feel if they're going in that direction with Bianca Belair, why not do it with the Street Profits as well? 
I think the Street Profits would benefit from a heel turn. I really do. They need something different. And if they're losing in two minutes, hopefully that is enough to start the ball, the ball rolling and get them where they need to be. Because they're two talented guys that should not be put in this position to lose in two minutes. I'm sorry. Up next, we got the Good Brothers. By the way, this match, I don't know who laid this match out. We got all these teams. We got two teams to start in the ring. And then we have all these other teams sitting in chairs on the outside of the ring in each corner. So the, the Prophets, they got eliminated. And then in come the Good Brothers next. Their music goes off for about 0.5 seconds. They get in the ring, and then they start their match, ding, 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 with the Brawling Brutes. I don't know who laid this match out, but clearly uh, they wanted to speed rush through this thing like they were fucking uh, uh, doing a speed run on a video game. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So OC's in control. Gallows slammed Sheamus for a two count. Anderson tagged in. He started to work over Sheamus. Anderson landed a series of forearms. In comes Gallows again. Snap suplex. Slowed whatever match he had down here with a chin lock. I mean, you're going two minutes with the Brawling Brutes. Why do we need a chin lock transition uh, in a two-minute tag team match within a gauntlet match? I don't really understand that. Gallows comes off the rope. Sheamus caught him with a tilt-a-whirl slam. Anderson tagged back in. Uh, he cut off Holland, who was about to make a tag. Sheamus came right back with a broke kick on Anderson and eliminated the OC. And that was enough for them to secure two victories here in the gauntlet match. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The OC were never going on to challenge the team of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. In comes the LWO, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro. Legado Del Fantasma. So they get in there. They're in control early because they're the fresh team. And Del Toro tags in. Nice double team moves by Legado. Holland tagged himself back in and ultimately took it to Del Toro and beat the LWO in two minutes. Two minutes, three minutes, two minutes. Wow, man, I don't believe I had to watch this show at 1 o'clock in the morning and be subjected to this level of just boringness. So unimportant. This is the Undisputed Tag Team Championships on the line and your tag team division, and you're sending these teams out there to go lose in two minutes. 
There's something not sitting right there with me. I, I, don't, I don't really get it. We got Hit Row. We got Hit Row out there. You guys know the deal. They're not Hit Row. She-Row. Jesse, I don't know why there's a venue. I don't know why there's an echo in the venue, man. We're outside. What what is going on, man? Is this something? Is this something wrong with my microphone over here? I don't get it. All right, try it now. Okay. She. you man i i really don't understand you man i'm gonna have to dump you i really am gonna have to dump you i don't even know why yeah i don't know why you fucking come here either clown fucking asshole over here listen man i'm gonna i'm gonna go find bc i'm gonna get him on the show later fucking larry hating ass motherfucker over there man yes i see him i don't even know why yeah keep talking under your breath motherfucker i hear you this fucking guy uh michael cole I got a pro. I got a problem with you, Michael Cole. Uh, I'm gonna need you to stop stealing my my shtick, okay? Michael Cole's out there calling top dollar flop dollar, bro. Come on now, you you can't be you can't be stealing my material, man. You you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. I know. Michael Cole is stealing my fucking, uh, my gimmick, bro. Flop dollar, really? Flop dollar, bottom dollar, dollar tree, dollar general, right? This guy comes in, man. He ate a bro kick and shit row got eliminated in 10 seconds. 10 seconds, man. Shit row, death row. I don't know what you want to call them. I think they should be called unemployed at this point. What are those WWE budget cuts coming, man? We got about two weeks, right? If 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 uh, bottom dollar ain't on the list, man, I don't know what we're doing. You know what to do, Vince. You know what to do. Hit row, man. What, what a fucking disgrace, right? Not only did we get Michael Cole plagiarism, but hit row, man. I don't know. I don't know who they pissed off. I don't know what's going on, man. It seemingly feels like Vince figured out who they were and went to Triple H and said, I'm going to need to bury them, pal. I don't know. Yet people, people love to tell me that there's a blooming tag team division in WWE. Where? With teams like Shit Row going nine seconds? Sorry. They're going to need to uh, hit the unemployment line, periodly, permanently. Pink slip row. Cut them all again, says Robert Hall. Those are Sean's boys. Yeah, those are Hunter's boys, too. Get them out. Get them out. So Pretty Deadly is in. Final team here, the Brutes and Pretty Deadly. They had control early because the Brutes wrestled this entire match all by themselves, basically. Kit Wilson landed a neckbreaker on Holland. He goes for recovery, gets a two-count. Elton Prince tagged in. He started working over Holland in their corner. Separated Holland and Sheamus from one another here. Some elbows, some forearms. Prince slowed the pace down with another chin lock. 
He chopped block Holland. Tagged in Kit Wilson. Pretty deadly went for a double team move. Holland countered with a back body drop. Sheamus got the hot tag and he started to clean house on Pretty Deadly. Two Irish cursed backbreakers on both Pretty Deadly slammed uh, Elton Prince onto Kit Wilson. Sheamus then went for a broke kick. Wilson ducked it. Sheamus then hit an Alabama slam for a two count. Holland took Elton Prince to the outside. Wilson made his way to the apron and he, along with Prince were beat down with the 10 beats by the Brutes. Sheamus went on with Wilson, and he never stopped giving him the 10 beats. He went past 10 beats, for sure. Sheamus then lifted Wilson, and Prince uh, hit a blind tag. He came off the top rope with a leg drop, and that was enough to get the win for Pretty Deadly as they go on to wrestle for the Tag Team Championships against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Not really interested in the match, and there's no reason why Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are losing the tag team titles to Pretty Deadly. WWE more than likely is going to use this as a, I would say a showcase for Pretty Deadly to see how they do operate against two of the top guys in the entire company, in both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So uh, this will be a test that I'm sure they'll pass, And it's going to be interesting to see the type of reaction that they get, being that they did come from NXT UK, and we are going to be in London for Money in the Bank weekend. It's going to be interesting to see the type of reaction that they get, being that they will be on their home turf. So after the match was over, we got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens walking out to the stage, and they acknowledged that pretty deadly won. Sami congratulated them. Sami says he didn't expect them to win. I didn't either. I expected the Brutes to win. He says they won about... Five minutes ago, but you're still in the ring celebrating. He says they've overstayed their welcome by about five minutes. He told them to get the hell out of the ring. Wilson said they just beat five teams, yet their hair is drier and better than that mess of a man right there as they're pointing to Sami Zayn. I'm going to have to stop the Sami Zayn slander immediately, please, okay? And no, they didn't beat five teams. They beat one team. They beat the Brutes, and that was it. They did not beat five teams. That's like Cody going into the Royal Rumble. Oh, I came out at number 30, and I lasted 29 guys. No, you didn't. You lasted six guys, and then you went 10 minutes against Gunther. That's it. I hate when they use that rhetoric, thinking that the fans are fucking stupid. No. Now, Cody didn't go 29 guys. By by the way, he only went 28 guys, because not including himself, Rey Mysterio did not even make it out there. 28 guys. Not sure if you guys are aware. I know. Pretty Deadly is uh, making fun of Sammy's look. How dare you interrupt Pretty Deadly, says Kit Wilson. They call themselves the two tastiest snacks. I never heard this before uh, today in reference to someone, I guess, being attractive, calling themselves tasty snacks. Have you guys ever used this lingo before? Is this, uh, is this something new? Tasty snacks. Have you ever referred to somebody that you find attractive as a tasty snack? No. Now, I can't find myself ever speaking like that, man. I think it's cringe. Wilson says that when they become the new tag team champions, sure thing, guy, uh, they'll stay out and celebrate even longer and longer and longer and longer. This promo went on for way too long. Sammy XKO, what he thinks of what they're saying 
Owens said, Sammy keeps telling him to calm down, so I'm trying to calm down. So, he says, I want to punch their stupid faces, though, but I'm trying to calm down. Sammy says, well, maybe we should do it. And Kevin Owens, he got angry, he got animated, and then they charged to the ring. Cole called out pretty deadly for bragging that they beat five teams, and they ran away into the crowd, did pretty deadly as Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens chased them away. I don't really care. Should be an entertaining match. It's always great to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on TV. They've had TV bangers as of late, but pretty deadly are not winning the tag team titles. No way, no way, no way. The only team I would take the tag team titles, or the only team I would have take the tag team titles away from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, are DIY. I would get back DIY to TV, reform DIY with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and I would have that match end at SummerSlam. I would have that reign end at SummerSlam. That's just me. Or maybe it's Imperium. I have no, I have no clue. I don't know what they're doing. But I just sense that Vince is going to end the title reign before it even really gets started. Backstage, Paul Heyman was talking to Roman Reigns. He was very nervous about what would happen tonight with Jey Uso. He was asked by Roman Reigns if he had spoken to Jey Uso. Reigns asked who the tribal chief is. Heyman says he is. You are my tribal chief. Reigns said since he is the tribal chief, Jey should be reaching out to him. Reigns asked Heyman if he's talked to Jay. Reigns told Heyman, no, go talk to him. Go find him. Go talk to him. Heyman, yes, yes, my trouble, chief. Paul Heyman's great. Zelina Vega. She goes one-on-one with EO Sky. We got two minutes to death in the opening gauntlet match, and here we are, another two-minute match. From Zelina Vega and EO. I don't know what it is with WWE and two minutes. Really. So WWE in their typical pay-per-view lull. They are two weeks away from the pay-per-view. And they think by the creative standards of Money in the Bank. They feel like it's the best career decision to put all the women and all the men who've already qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, let's put them in matches together as we head to the pay-per-view. Oh, Zelina and EO have qualified. Yeah, we'll put them in a match. Oh, Ricochet and Shinsuke have qualified. Yeah, we'll put them in a match. That's the level of creativity in WWE. I don't like it. I don't really like it. There's nobody else on these rosters for these people to go out there and wrestle. You got to put them in matches together so some look strong and some look weak. I don't really get that mentality. I find it to be very lazy. I really do. It's always the case. Always. Survivor Series is up. Yeah, we'll put members of each team in singles matches. Or uh, whatever else they got going on. The Elimination Chamber. Oh, we'll put all these guys in matches leading to the chamber. And we'll see who battles for momentum, pal. Why? It's so fucking lazy. So you want to know what I thought of this? Vega wins in two minutes. Vega beat EO Sky. Match was nothing, really. Sky rolled up Vega. Ref was scolding Bailey on the outside. Bailey interfered. 
Sky then yelled at Bailey for getting involved. Vega landed a 619 on EO as she was leaning in the ropes, leaning through the ropes to yell at Bailey. And she stacked pinned EO for the one, two, three. Bailey then tries to explain to EO how things were really going, and EO didn't want to hear anything of it. So we're getting the continued tease of the damage control faction splitting up. Dakota's already out with an injury. Bailey and EO are going to Splitsville pretty soon. So EO lost. Zelina won. What this means to me is Zelina is not winning money in the bank. This was basically her money in the bank. Zelina is not winning money in the bank. They gave her a token victory over the woman who will win money in the bank, and that is EO Sky. EO lost here. EO more than likely has secured the bag at the pay-per-view on July 1st. It's exactly what's going on. EO is the only right outcome for the women's money in the bank. Zelina is not winning it. Zoe Stark is not winning it. Becky Lynch is not winning it. Whoever else is in there is not going to... Bailey is not going to win it. Bailey might not even be in the money in the bank. She's putting her title or uh, her title chances for a money in the bank contract on the line. She's putting her opportunity for the money in the bank ladder match on the line against Shotzi Blackheart. All because EO said she would. Because that's what Bailey does. Bailey does it to others and now she got it done right back to her. So EO is more than likely going to win the money in the bank. That's just the way I see it. Just because she lost this match. Backstage, speaking of which, Bailey was explaining to EO what happened when Shotzi interrupted and said, if it wasn't for them, she'd be in the money in the bank ladder match. Bailey said she doesn't belong in the match because she's not at damage controls level. Well, actually she is because damage control is nothing but a jobber faction and Shotzi is a jobber. Let's be real. Shotzi said, if she's also so confident, why not put her spot in the ladder match on the line against her? Sky then says, yes, she accepts. Shotzi said she'd go talk to Adam Pierce and make it official. Bailey asked Sky why she did that. Sky says, I was just trying to help. There you go. Bailey tried to help. And she fucked over EO against Zelina. But EO is fucking Bailey over even more so because now Bailey has to put her contract on the line against Shotzi Blackheart. I don't think Bailey's making it to Money in the Bank, to be quite honest with you. I think Shotzi gets in there. The Grayson Waller effects. When did the WWE draft conclude, man? It's like a month and a half now, right? Month and a half, and Grayson Waller has been on SmackDown for six weeks and still not one match under his belt. Cameron Grimes has wrestled twice. Two matches that he, that maybe equaled maybe two minutes, but he wrestled. Grayson Waller has not wrestled at all since he got called up from NXT. Neither has Von Wagner. Oh, no, Von Wagner was in that battle royal a couple of, few, uh, a couple of weeks back. What about Odyssey Jones? Anybody know what happened to Odyssey Jones who got called up from NXT? What about Zion Quinn, huh? Where is he at? Did he get drafted as a free agent with Von Wagner? Where are these guys? These are the types of guys that should be getting some TV time when there really isn't anything creatively going on. But WWE calls these guys up and they do nothing with them. 
Not that I care to see Zion Quinn on television. I mean, every time he was on TV, I rolled my eyes and I fucking fell asleep. He's got the charisma of a fucking eggplant, Zion Quinn. Nobody cares about Zion. Who the fuck is... Who? I know. I don't get... I don't know who he is either. But really, where... Yeah, who? Odyssey Jones. Nobody knows who these guys are. You'd know who they are if they were on television. Yeah, we got God, We got someone like Grayson Waller. We got a guy, a Grayson Waller, who's fucking great. And he's not wrestled in six weeks now. Gotta love it. People are like, oh, he's hurt. I'm sorry, I didn't read a report that he's hurt. I mean, when did everybody become uh, Grayson Waller's fucking uh, medical physician? I got uh, 16 medical physicians of Grayson Waller in my fucking uh, mentions on, oh, he's hurt. How the fuck do you know he's hurt? Did he call you? Did he give you his problems? Did he give you his ailments? I mean, I don't understand you people. Oh, yeah, Grayson Waller's hurt. Who said? Who said? Did Sapp say? I didn't hear Sapp say it. Did Meltzer say it? Alvarez? Johnson? Haynes? Who said it? Alba? Who said it? You fucking break. He's not hurt. WWE seems to think that keeping him off TV in a wrestling role is helping him build equity on the show. How? By hiding him behind Charlotte Flair? Ridiculous. Charlotte Flair androided herself to the ring. My stomach turns every time I see this woman. But Andrade's wrestling tonight on collision against Buddy Matthews. Sign me up. Sign me up. Charlotte conveyor belted her way down to the ring. Waller asked Charlotte about facing Asuka in two weeks on SmackDown. Legitimately, I want to paint a picture for you guys. I was exhausted at the House of Glory show when we ended. I, I got home. I drove home. I put on my, my usual house where I laid on the couch with a fucking cold beverage under a blanket with the AC on, and I had my iPad literally laying on my chest while I watched this show last night. As soon as this segment came on, I was out cold. I legitimately woke up 30 minutes later. I had to rewind this segment again to watch the basis of what happened here. Legitimately, I seen Charlotte Flair, and I fell asleep. I was basically Ronda Drowsy on my couch during this segment. So Grayson Waller asks her about facing Oscar in two weeks. Yeah, because she's earned that title shot. She's earned it, man. She's worked so hard getting this title opportunity. She cashed in the Charlotte in the bank contract. I don't know how many people, how many people watch me? I got 2,000 people in here. How many of you people actually agree with WWE giving Charlotte another title opportunity just because she's Charlotte Flair? She went on fucking African safari with Andrade, and she thinks that she can come back after petting some zebras and giraffes, and she went shark hunting, and she went kangaroo hunting, and she went alligator hunting. She comes back. Oh, yeah, I deserve a title shot. Really? You, you, you deserve a title shot, Charlotte. Wow, man. I wish I could do that and come back and be rewarded for doing nothing. You fucking break. Charlotte gets an opportunity in the same month where we're building money in the bank. You got Charlotte coming back. Hey, 
I'm the line. I created the line. Here's an opportunity at the Women's Championship. Yeah, you got six other women and a fucking Money in the Bank contract who competed in qualifying matches who are fighting for the opportunity in a title shot. And this bitch comes back and she gets a title shot. Wow, man. Wow, that's some great creative there you got, Vince. Had it cheap in the Money in the Bank contract year over year over year over year. I'll take Charlotte Flair for 500, Alex. God rest his soul. <clears throat> now that I got that out of my system, how do you feel about facing Oscar in two weeks on SmackDown? And said she's not the same Asuka she faced before. Really? What's different? New hairstyle? Makeup? Mist? What's the difference between this Asuka and uh, the other Asuka? She's more vicious, I guess. He asks if she wants to become a 15-time... <coughs> Sorry. Uh... I need, I need a cold beverage, hold on. A 15-time... <laughs> oh. Oh. I can't even say it. Bianca Belair interrupted. She entered the ring and said somebody has to explain to her how things are working around here. Wow, somebody gets it, man. She said Charlotte returned after time away and called for a title match, and she got it. <laughs> wow! Well, as someone in WWE has a brain, really. Let's continue on. So... She returns after time away, called for a title match. She got it. She asked if she's tripping. No, you ain't tripping, Bianca. You ain't tripping. Charlotte stood there and said she called her shot, but she didn't write the rules. <sighs> Clearly you did. She didn't write the rules, but she made a title match happen out of thin air with no authoritative figure to say, all right, that's the way it's going to go. She basically called for a title match and made it on her own, as if she's running the fucking show. Charlotte made a creative decision right there on live television. She said she didn't politic to rewrite. <laughs> oh, man. She didn't politic. <laughs> Charlotte didn't politic. <laughs> uh, that's as funny as people who say that they watch Impact every Thursday, man. When I tune into Impact, it sounds like there's three people there. Jesse, how many people tuned into Impact on uh, on Thursday night, man? Two? You were one of them. She didn't politic. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. What is, who's writing this material, huh? It's almost like a fucking comedy show nowadays. It's like they're throwing the truth right there, out there in front of you in plain sight. They want you to know. It's always the reverse with Charlotte. Always the reverse. She is the line. She didn't politic. Of course. Of course she fucking politicked. She said she won't apologize either, and the line starts and ends with me. She said she lost to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, but she didn't get a rematch. You went away for two months to go pet dolphins with El Idolo. If you wanted a rematch, you should have stayed with the fucking company. Yeah, you wanted to go fucking splash around with fucking Flipper. Fucking ridiculous. Oh, but, but JD, she's the greatest of all time. Greatest at what? Politicking? Name me one memorable Charlotte title reign. Oh, wait. I'll be here till the end of collision. She suggested they're both deserving of a rematch. I'm sorry. Bianca's been on the road. You were fucking splashing around with fucking Little Mermaid. Bianca Belair said she tried to do things the right way. She said she lost, but she stayed and did things the right way. She didn't go and hide for three months. She said maybe she should take things into her own hands. Charlotte said she stepped away. She didn't run away. Well, you stepped away. You ran away. It's the same thing, honey. It's the same thing. She said she picked up after herself. Or she picked herself up after each loss 14 times. Basically, she said she's a loser. Oh, I'm a 14-time champion, but I lost the belt 13 times before that. She said she's a champion with or without a title. No, you're not. No, you're just overrated at that point. She asked Belair. Uh, she said she's a champion with or without the title. She asked Belair, can you say that? Belair says she's the longest-reigning women's champion of the modern era, so put some respect on my name. She said she'll be standing ringside for her title match with Asuka because she is done being patient. She said she'll go face-to-face with the winner and call her shot because the title is coming back to me. So basically what we're getting here is Bianca is interfering in this match. When it happens, I believe it's happening in two weeks on SmackDown. They're not even doing it at Money in the Bank. Or maybe they are. I don't know. I think it's at Money in the Bank. But Bianca's going to interfere. And at SummerSlam, we're getting a triple threat match. It's going to be Bianca Belair versus Charlotte versus Asuka. That's the freshest matchup WWE can do at this point. Because if they do Bianca Belair and Asuka, again, it's the same shit over and over and over again. And in a post-WWE draft time period, it really doesn't signal change on SmackDown. They basically took what was happening on Raw and now doing it on SmackDown. So they're going to interject here with Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka getting a match at SummerSlam. They can't do Asuka and Bianca because it's the same shit month after month. They aren't going to do Bianca Belair versus Charlotte because they're saving that for WrestleMania. And that's just the way they're going to go. Seriously. Seriously. Jesse says, J.D. still pees the bed. At least I realize that Larry is a cute, handsome little man. And that you hate animals, Jesse. Seriously. 
Jesse, I'm buying you that new T-shirt, by the way. Did you see CM Punk's new T-shirt with Larry on it? Yes. Yes, bro. We're going to wear that in tandem in London. Get with the program, clown. Get with the program. Okay? Uh, Paul Heyman. He approached Jay Uso backstage and apologized that his brother kicked him in the face last week and cost him his opportunity to become the United States champion. Heyman said Jimmy doesn't miss. He says he has the most accurate kick in all of WWE tied with Jay. We would certainly see that later on in the night. He says he didn't deserve that. And for that, I'm sorry. Jay looked to the ground and listened. He then told Heyman, I'm sorry too, OG. He smiled and said, I'm sorry that if I'm in the bloodline, you're out of the bloodline. So Jay does not want Heyman in the bloodline. Jay realizes that Heyman, this was basically the seeds planted as to what was coming. Jay knows that Heyman is a fucking sniveling prick and a con artist. He's basically a used watch salesman, a used car salesman that will bullshit you into thinking that you're getting the best deal, but you're really not. And that's exactly what Jay Uso looks at when he thinks of Paul Heyman. Mia Yim, because I refuse to call her Michin, versus, or it's, it's Mia Yim and AJ Styles versus Scarlett and Karrion Cross. You know, they really wanted you to make it feel or make you feel. They really wanted to make this feel like it was a big deal. We got AJ being attacked by Scarlett, having the dust spit in his face with Karrion Cross coming to choke out AJ Styles soon thereafter. They're, they're really setting this up for uh, somewhat of importance here, right? So we get this mixed tag team match stemming from what happened last week on SmackDown, and you would think that we'd get some lengthy nine, ten-minute affair with AJ and Karrion Cross with the ladies now involved. I'll give you one guess how long this match went on Friday Night SmackDown. If you guessed three minutes, you were close. If you guessed two minutes and 30 seconds, you were closer. If you guessed two minutes, ding, 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 you got nothing. No prizes given out here. You are correct. Mixed tag team match with Karrion Cross and AJ Styles goes two minutes. How am I supposed to care? How can I physically invest myself in what is going on here? If you gave these four people two minutes to get their story over, what did we accomplish here? The ladies got involved. Styles was distracted by, by Meechin and Scarlett battling at ringside. Scarlett started to flirt with AJ Styles. He actually mounted off to Scarlett while she's playing with her hair. She's dancing in this tight outfit. I'm married, bitch. Get out of my way. It's exactly what he told Scarlett. Cross finished Styles off with a cross hammer. And a new finish. It's almost like a, I want to say it looks like a uh, inverted DDT of sorts. I don't know. A flatliner of sorts? Is this his new finish? So he's got the cross jacket, the cross hammer, and now whatever he's calling this new move. He finished AJ and that was it. Very weird that this went two minutes. I don't know what the decision was on that one or why this was made, but 
I mean, I can't really bring myself to fucking care if you're going to send these people out there to do two minutes and sell this story. More backstage. Roman Reigns asked Heyman for an update on Jey Uso. Well, my tribal chief. Heyman didn't say anything. But look. My tribal chief. Solo took a step forward. Heyman was upset visibly. He started, I guess he started crying. And he ran away. Solo goes up to Roman and asked, do you want me to handle it, my tribal chief? Rain smiled and said, take, take it easy, take it easy. We've got plenty of time left. Whatever you want, my tribal chief, says Solo Sokoa. That's that. Kayla Braxton interviewed Cameron Grimes backstage. Here we're going to the moon. No, it wasn't a scorpion death drop, Jesse. It was more like... Uh, it was more like a flatliner, honestly. Cameron Grimes is backstage. He's smiling. I don't know what there is to smile about. You're feuding with Baron Corbin. She asks how it feels to be adjusted on SmackDown. Baron Corbin attacked Grimes as he began talking about how good he felt about things so far. Corbin said, Grimes' luck has run out. Sure it has. He shouldn't be talking about luck at all, Baron Corbin. Rey Mysterio. He made his way to the ring. And he's on the microphone. Says he's had many accomplishments in his career that he's proud of. And there's one he's truly proud of. He is so proud of reforming the LWO. He said the person he's about to introduce represents the essence of the LWO and will become the next. Mr. Money in the Bank. Out comes Santos Escobar. Escobar was smiling and shaking hands along the way to the ring. He addressed the heart camera and said, timing is everything. He says he's worked hard and made a lot of sacrifices to earn this opportunity of a lifetime in the Money in the Bank ladder match. He told Ray he loves him and he inspires him and he's fighting for him and his family and any of the fans who have a dream. You know, I love Santos Escobar. If they're going to push Santos Escobar as this baby face, forced baby face, not a fan of it. Oh, I love you, Ray. Oh, I'm doing it for the fans. Oh, I'm doing it for the Mysterio family. Stop, stop, stop. You should be doing it for yourself. You, you, you're, you're, you got an opportunity at Mr. Money in the Bank. You're not winning this for the fucking Mysterio family, okay? You're winning it for yourself. Give me a break. The writing, the writing is just so fucking childish on this show. L.A. Knight walks out. Mr. Money in the Bank, L.A. Knight walks out. Now, we got a match with L.A. Knight and Santos Escobar. Three minutes! This one went three minutes on SmackDown. I got a question to ask WWE creative. Why? Why? Why are we trying to hide the fact that L.A. Knight is over? Why are we trying to hide the fact that the fans want to cheer for L.A. Knight? Why don't you just let it happen? Why do we need to be fed that L.A. Knight's a bad guy, that L.A. Knight's a heel? Why do you need to pipe in booze for L.A. Knight? L.A. Knight 
is out there getting legit, genuine, organic, truthful fan reaction. And you want to dummy that down and you want to hide that away because you want LA Knight to be something that you want. And the fans want something else, and it's always got to go the WWE way. This is why I always say WWE doesn't give a flying fuck about what you and I have to say. They don't. It's always what they want and how they feel, and if they're going to do it, they need to be in the right. Oh, no, LA Knight can't be a baby face because that's not how we have things planned. Why can't LA Knight still be a fucking prick but the fans actually like him. You know, we're not living in the fucking 70s where everybody needs to be a babyface and a heel, okay? Why? Let the guy go out there and do what he does best and perform. And let the fans act accordingly. I don't like this forced agenda. This narrative that WWE needs to play up. Oh, it's gotta be this. Stop. If LA Knight does not win money in the bank, we got some serious fucking problems. We got some serious problems. Escobar wins in three minutes. Oh, LA Knight's already in the money in the bank. He can lose a match. Basically, what this said to you and to me, just like Zelina Vega versus uh, EO earlier in the night, is that Santos Escobar got his win here because he's not getting it in two weeks at the money in the bank pay-per-view. LA Knight lost. That means he wins. EO Sky lost. That means she wins. Don't understand why we need money in the bank competitors wrestling each other in nothing matches on SmackDown, but I'm not on the creative team. So the match started, and Escobar took Knight out with a backbreaker. Escobar came off the top with a flying crossbody. He got a two count off the crossbody. Escobar landed a running knee. Lifted Knight. Knight worked out of it. Slammed Escobar. Crowd was cheering. Knight hit his jumping elbow. Goes for a cover. Gets a two count. Escobar kicked Knight and ultimately rolled Knight up for the win. And that was basically it. After the match, LA Knight attacked Escobar until Mysterio ran out for the save to help Santos. Really nothing. I mean, this entire show is two minutes, three minutes, two minutes, three minutes, two minutes. It's like they didn't give a shit about this show at all. It's like they went into Kentucky last night. Yeah, we're going to give you the fucking lamest, lamest fucking uninspired show possible. Jay Uso was walking backstage. He ran into Sammy Zayn. He was sitting on a production crate. Sammy didn't say anything. He just nodded at Jay. He acknowledged Jay. Basically telling Jay without saying anything, you know what to do. I've told you everything that's going to happen. Take my advice. I would not steer you wrong. And he walks away. Roman Reigns is out there. He's making his way down to the ring as we go to the final segment of the show. Next week, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They will defend the WWE NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against the main roster women's tag team championships. A unification match against Shayna Baszler and Ronda
Becky Lynch digs in there, bro. So we got a unification match. I wonder who's winning that match. Also set for next week, Baron Corbin will go one-on-one with Cameron Grimes and Shotzi will go up against Bailey as Bailey puts her spot in the Women's Money in the Bank match on the line. Wow, WWE setting out a plan for next week. Man, nice to see matches already booked a week in advance. We don't usually see that on money on uh, on Monday Night Raw. Usually when we go into Monday and we go on WWE.com at around 7 o'clock, 7.15, and there's nothing there, we still got last week's show up on WWE.com. You know who's running the show. The Bloodline. I do need a Gollum t-shirt. I should put, I should put Becky on Gollum's face, to be quite honest with you. That would sell big, I think. My precious. Exactly what that's that, that, that's exactly what I I don't know man I can't I don't think I can use Becky's likeness on a shirt I have to come up with something maybe maybe I'll just put Gollum or a fucking picture of Gollum with Becky's hairstyle and his glasses or her glasses and right underneath it it'll be my precious that would be fucking great huh so any, any graphics artist in the chat man I need something uh, I need something doctored up quick. Anyway, um, the bloodline. This was easily the best part of the entire show. Roman Reigns is in the ring. He's looking around. Heyman handed him a microphone. He asked Lexington, Kentucky to acknowledge him. Uso's theme then played out. Walks Jay Uso. Jay Paste. Fans are chanting Uso, Uso. Reigns said... I know what they want. They want answers. So what's it going to be? Are you in or are you out? Jay said, you tell me, Oos. It's either going to be him, he points at Paul Heyman, or it's going to be me. Reigns paused and said, all right, listen. When you are the tribal chief, you can pick anyone you want to be your wise man. He said, Heyman is his personal wise man. And he's here to help me as I lead. He said, Jay is meant to keep them at the promised land at the top of the mountain. He says, they've been grooming him for over three years. Now with hard work and equity. He said, the problem isn't the wise man. It's your brother, Jimmy. He says, they're twins and inseparable. Out comes Jimmy. No theme music. He just comes out and he presents himself in front of the live audience. Jimmy walked out and told Jay, the problem isn't his twin, it's his cousin, Roman. He entered the ring and told Jay that Reigns is using him. He asked if he actually believed the garbage coming out of Roman's mouth. You believe this over me? Uso, chants, began to ring out again from the the live crowd. Reigns laughed. Listen to them, Reigns says. He said it took 10 years for the Usos to get into a WrestleMania. But since joining them, he's been in every one of them. 
or they've been on every one of them. He said Jimmy is an anchor while he's the wings. He says he has a great future in front of him because he's the next in line to be tribal chief. He says he can't be a tribal chief and a twin at the same time. Jimmy wiped his eyes and started playing with his fucking forehead and his temples, and he was just getting very angry over what Roman was saying. Reigns ex Heyman, who the only one who had an issue with Jay being named the right-hand man. Heyman hesitated as he didn't really want to give the answer, but he looked over at both Usos. Reigns says it was Heyman's suggestion. Heyman then looked over at Jimmy. Jay shot Jimmy a look. Jimmy hung his head down. Jay confronted Jimmy, and Jimmy could not look him in the face. So basically, everything that they were saying was true. JX, is this true? Look at me. Is it true? Jimmy says it is true. Jay got angry, shot him a look of disappointment. Jay angrily asked if this whole damn time he's been doubting him. Jay says he expects it from Solo, but not from Jimmy. Jay said Jimmy probably had that attitude because he thinks he knows what's right. He says he always saw himself as the big brother. He said in reality, they weren't competing with Reigns, but rather he was trying to keep up with his ass. He says he was Mr. Prom King and most most likely to succeed and Mr. Player of the Year. He said he got hurt and he had to step up, which was a blessing in disguise for himself. He says he got to be part of main events at major events. He says it's all because of Reigns. So guess what? You're out. Long pause. Everybody was like, oh my God, I don't believe he's going to join Roman. And then Jay tells Jimmy, I'm out too. You're out and I'm out too. He turned and he blasted Roman Reigns with a super kick and Roman Reigns went down. Fans popped. Solo stood there, fucking shocked look all over his face. Solo charged. Jimmy and Jay double super kicked Solo out of the ring. Usos were celebrating together. Heyman slid out of the ring, and he had this look of shock on his face. Reigns looked up at what was happening. He stood up, and the Usos gave him a double super kick, and Reigns fell down like a ton of bricks. Knocked out. The bloodline is done as we know it. Roman's empire has crumbled. As Michael Cole says that as SmackDown goes off the air. I thought this was fantastic. Fantastic stuff. You know, it's basically a normal thing now when we end with this type of segment and the bloodline is included, you know it's going to be fucking great. But the narrative of Jey Uso and him beating Roman Reigns, I don't know where people are getting this narrative from. Yes, it started with Jey. It ends with Jey, according to them. There's only two people involved here. That end Roman Reigns. It's Solo, which he, he's an outside dark horse chance. But he does make sense. Because if Roman Reigns has been hyping up somebody as the next tribal chief, it should be Solo. And Cody Rhodes, that is it. That is it. It's not Jimmy. It's not Jay. We're getting the Civil War happening at Money in the Bank. Tag team match, the Usos versus Roman and Solo. And then at SummerSlam, we may end up getting Jay versus Roman Reigns. We may get SummerSlam double main evented by Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar in some sort of stipulation match. I don't know. 
But Jey Uso is not the one to end Roman Reigns. They're all collectively going to end Roman's reign together. The next chapter in this story, while Roman Reigns is holding the Universal Champion and abusing championship and abusing his power, is where Solo stands because Solo's the next to join his brothers. Solo is not going to stand by as the right hand man of Roman Reigns. He's going to see exactly what's been done to his brothers, and he's eventually going to take that Samoan spike and right to the jugular of Roman Reigns, and he's going to join Jimmy and Jay. That's the next part of the story. Everything around Roman crumbles, and then that's when we start to see the downfall of the Roman Empire. SmackDown was largely awful. Nothing on this show was interesting, exciting. Nothing progressed storylines. We got two-minute matches here, three-minute matches there. That was basically all we got for a Friday Night SmackDown, man. Lazy. WWE's very stereotypical formula of, hey, we got everything booked for the pay-per-view. We'll just do uh, two-minute matches and get this show on the road to Money in the Bank. That's all it was. An absolute waste of time. Make sure you guys go and follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. Please make sure you guys get those thumbs up in. I would really appreciate it if you do because it helps the channel out. And gets the video in the search even greater than it usually is. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Everything you need is on the homepage, so go check that stuff out. There's plenty of content to catch up on. Jesse and I are super excited to be bringing you another live stream on Saturdays, man. AEW Collision. The return of CM Punk and AEW finally has a true B-show on Saturday night. We'll be here tonight to cover it all right here on Off The Script as soon as the show is over. So join us. And get those super chats in, man. We're going to hang out in just a second. As I want to shout out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. You know how I talk about long-term booking all the time, man. I love long-term booking. Long-term booking is key. And grabbing the fans' attention. And keeping them invested long-term. That's exactly what Blue Chew is going to do, man, for your love life. That's what Blue Chew is going to do for your bedroom, love life, activities. Love it. It's also going to take that confidence to the next level, man. So you can continue that long-term booking. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready. Whenever the opportunity arises, man, you plan ahead and you are ready to go whenever you need. Process is very simple. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. No doctor's office, no awkward visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Shipped directly to you discreetly, and they're made in the U.S. of A., so if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, why not give Blue Chew a try for free? 
Everybody listening to the podcast on a weekly basis, bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, and you're going to get your free sample of Blue Chew on me. Once again, that's bluechew.com, code JD, and I want to thank them for sponsoring the SmackDown Post right here on OTS. JB with a five in Super Chat. Love the fact you do these the next day when you have hog duties. Nobody else breaks down the show like you do. Other reviewers are sketchy. OTS. JB, I appreciate that, man. A lot of these people come on here and they're, uh, they bang it out in 40 minutes, man. There's no identity. There's no interaction with the audience. There's no character. There's no charisma, right? I like to make the live stream experience for everybody a live stream experience, man. That's why I got the venue. That's why I got the beer garden, the venue, the mother's basement. The Mustang, the music, the vibe, the drinks. Come on, man. Thank you, JB. Lord Jake Coyle with the 20 months. Last weekend, I saw Alterbridge, Metallica, Bring Me the Horizon, and Slipknot all perform on the same stage. It was an incredible experience. I heard Alterbridge went on right before Metallica, man. That must have been uh, a decent show. I also heard that their sound wasn't the best. I don't know what the what the deal was, but Alter Bridge usually is one of the best sounding bands you could go out there and watch and have a live experience with. I've seen them about nine times. Tay Tay with a 199. Finally, the bloodline civil war has begun. Oh yes. Ghost Sniper 35 Gaming with a seven months. I appreciate you, brother. Seven months in the venue. It's a long time, man. Here's to another seven more. Sue with a $5 super chat. Happy to see you donating for the first time, Sue. Thank you for being in the beer garden tonight. Mako with nine months. Good to see you again, JD. Finally able to catch your streams once again. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Mako. The Pirate Pimp with a $2 Super Chat. First time donating. Thank you, Pirate. Main Event 81 with seven months. Why is Roman walking around with three titles? If wrestling geeks can't tell, Vince is there and they've been drinking Vince McMahon Kool-Aid. Yeah, I did, I did see that, man. You know, did you expect Roman to carry around one to one title belt? It doesn't really fit his character to carry, on, to carry around one belt. He's going to carry around three fucking titles. Pirate Pimp with another $5 super chat. Thank you, Pimp. Aye, aye, matey. Steve Winyard with a $4 super chat. Solo, yes. Super Cody as he is now, no. Cody as he is shouldn't be the guy to beat Roman. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Thank you again to my guy, Jason Salamance, who sounds off. My commentary partner and a very good friend, Jason. Love you, buddy. Thank you for the 20, man. 
Christopher Smith, new membership. I appreciate you signing up to be a VIP here in the venue, brother. What the fuck are you drinking on this beautiful Saturday afternoon? Legends. Thank you for the 20 and Super Chat, brother. My wife, Asuka, is not on the show again. I hope you and your family are good, JD. Stay blessed. Bianca looked good out there, though. Pure cake. Somewhere, Tony Brown was uh, very happy and excited. Thank you, uh, Legend. I appreciate you, brother. Justin Turner with 14 months. Happy to be here listening to my guy, JD. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Justin. Zach Smith with a 1399 Super Chat. I found the secret to enjoying WWE's weekly programming. You just have to get really stoned. God bless Canada. We may be on fire, but at least pot is legal. Much love to you, JD, and the OTS family. Uh, You keep doing your thing, brother. Whatever makes you get by by watching this terrible program. I, unfortunately, can't drink or smoke, so if I did, I would not be here live, and I would not be at the top of my game. Steve Winyard with a $2 super chat. Hit row. Got nattied. Yes, she, uh, yes, they did. And yes, she did. Every, every time she's in the ring. Hit row. Got nattied. Absolutely. Santo C with a new membership. Thank you, Santo. Welcome. The fuck are you drinking tonight, Santo? Sue with another $2 super chat. She leaves a kissy emoji. Thank you, Sue. Santos C with a $10 super chat. I have a new job. I'm glad to be back with the OTS family. I love how you keep it real and just don't cater to the simps to gain views. Keep being you and killing it in the IWC. Johnny Blue is my beverage. Thank you, Santos C. Get this man a Johnny Blue, whatever the fuck that is. Thank you, Santo. I like that, man. I keep it real and I don't cater to the simps. Yes. Love it. Sonny Singh with a 499. Can someone get Arnold Schwarzenegger to terminate Charlotte Flair, please? Yes. The Terminator is the only android that I would tolerate. Mendelfs Isma with a $2 super chat. My IWC tribal chief, I will never be out of this bloodline. I don't want you to go anywhere, Mendelfs. I'm not kicking anybody out of my fucking OTS bloodline. Steve Winier, $2 Super Chat. People cheer Roman Reigns. Why can't they cheer LA Knight? Because they don't want anybody impeding on Roman Reigns, Steve. That's the problem. D apostrophe with a 199. WWE Creative is full of dummies. Yeah! OCD guy. Who thinks JD is their favorite YouTuber? A lot of people. I don't know what type of question was that, man. Steve Winyard with a $2 super chat. Gollum dressed as Becky on a t-shirt. We need it. I could probably make that work. Not the other way around. I can't put Becky's face on Gollum. 
Tyler with a 199. It's weird that Roman has three titles. Roman Reigns is carrying around one. Paul Heyman carry around the other two. It's, it is what it is, man. Cody Snyder with a $5 Super Chat. If it's Roman Solo next year, I want Cody Orton. If Randy's 100%, of course, his health is most important. OTS for life. I want Randy and Cody eventually anyway. If they can make it happen anywhere. Yes. Mendels with the two. LA Knights, People's Elbow is now my personal favorite. D apostrophe with a new membership. Thank you, D apostrophe. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Kazama Fury with a 10 months. It's been a while since I could make a live stream. I'm still here and still a VIP. I'm drinking screwball PP whiskey when I get home. Happy to have you here, brother. That's a damn fine beverage choice. Christopher Smith with a 499. Hello, JD. I got a question. If you had to pick five current wrestlers with the best in ring gear, who would you choose? That's a tough one, man. Um, I would probably go with Christian Cage. Gotta respect the turtleneck, bro. MJF, because he's always got some little tidbit or Easter egg on his ring gear, whether it's on his elbow pad, his knee pads, or... His tights. I like Roman's simplicity. I did like Roman with the gold glove. I don't know why he got rid of the gold glove, but I like the simplicity of Roman Reigns, especially where he came from, where he was wrestling in that fucking disgusting vest. I would probably go out there and say... I don't know, man. Um, That's a tough one. In ring gear. It's not Baron Corbin, I'll tell you that. I would probably say Rhea Ripley. Yes, Rhea Ripley's definitely up there. Uh, I like EO. I think EO is great. Uh, I think Bianca is very talented as well with what she does. She designs her own ring gear. So I, I think that's awesome as well. Sasha Banks was always great too. Sasha always reinvents the wheel and Always has a different look every show. Just a handful of talents there that I'd really appreciate the in-ring gear. It's a good question there, brother. Very good question. Kazama Fury with 10 months. It's been a while since I can make a live stream. Thank you, brother. I just read that one. Thank you, man. Uh, Christopher Smith, what are your top five current wrestling themes? It's another good question. Um... I'd probably say MJF, Roman, I'm going to throw this one in there, man, um, the outcasts, Tony Storm, Soraya, and Ruby Soul. I think, the, I think their theme music is great, man, it, it fits them so good, I think Soraya's got great theme a, a great theme song. 
Kenny Omega, his solo theme when he comes out, his individual solo theme. A lot of the themes come from AEW, man. WWE themes are just fucking awful. Shinsuke Nakamura is great. Jungle Boy's got a great theme. Harold Russell with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking this afternoon, Harold? Cody Snyder with a $5 super chat. I want to see MJF and LA Knight have a conversation. That'll be something, huh? Mike NY with a $2 super chat. At the beach, weather is good. So is this show. Thank you, Mike NY. Mike NY is at the beach and tuning into the show, man. You got to love it. You got to love it. Tony with a 199. He leaves no message. What happened, Tony? Don't be shy in the venue, Tony, bro. You can't be shy in the venue, okay? Stop. There's nobody shy here, man. Cut my life into pieces. This Cameron Battle with a 499. Collision is going to be great tonight. Can't wait. And still 50-50 booking between Hunter and Vince. Yes. The Pirate Pimp with a $2 super chat. Happy to be a member. Thank you, brother. I saw that. The fuck are you drinking, Pirate Pimp? Harold Russell. I see a setup of Santos turning heel on Rey Mysterio coming sooner rather than later. Not if they continue to sell that merchandise, man. But yes, it is, it is going to happen. Sue with another five. Thank you, Sue. And Tony with a 199. Think they're going to give the money in the bank to Priest. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. But I'm going LA night. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you, man. Thank you for joining me on stream number one of two today. I will be live with Jesse tonight. AEW Collision and the post show right here on Off the Scripts. Jesse and I are going to have a great time breaking this one down, man. It's going to be awesome. And hopefully, you guys join me later tonight from the Beer Garden for the debut of AEW Collision, man. Oh, my goodness. You gotta be fucking kidding me, bro. My guy, Osakui, with a $500 super chat. As I'm driving away in the Mustang, bro. Gotta host the private screening of The Flash tonight, so I won't be available later. But I just wanted to wish you and Jesse the best on tonight's Collision Review. I know it's going to be a great show. Also, fantastic job last night on Plato or Plomo. Brother, I love you, man. Thank you so much, man. Enjoy that flash screening tonight. Hopefully, you and the family are doing very well. And you know you and I need to get together, man. When, I, when I'm out there, man, Jesus fucking Osakui and I are going out to fucking many a cold beverage, man. And, bro, we'll be live tonight, man. Catch us after the uh, screening's over, man. You guys know where to find us. 
Jesse and I will be in your sub boxes. Osik, we thank you so much, brother. Jeremy, with a 20 months also, OTS for life, 20 months as my tribal chief. Much love, bro. Thank you guys very much, man. Thank you very much, guys. I love you. Take it easy. I will see you all tonight for AEW Collision right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.